Hey there! Welcome to Wisdom from Above, where we go beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. Thanks for joining me. We're wrestling through some crucial questions people ask. Today's question is this. Aren't all Christians just a bunch of hypocrites? A man decided that writing answers to the type of questions that Abigail Van Buren writes in her Dear Abby column is a no-brainer. He didn't have any training or any experience in child-rearing, but started a column on child-rearing anyhow. He knew he could answer any question. He also knew he could answer the questions briefly and succinctly. The following are some of the questions that people wrote in, and his very succinct answers. Should I have a baby after 35? No, 35 children is enough. I'm pregnant two months now. When will my baby move? With any luck, right after he finishes high school. How can I know if my vomiting is due to morning sickness or the flu? If it's the flu, you'll get better. What is the most common craving during pregnancy? For men to be the ones who get pregnant. What is the most reliable method to determine a baby's sex? Childbirth. My wife is five months pregnant and so moody that sometimes she's borderline irrational. So what's your question? When is the best time to get an epidural? Right after you find out you're pregnant. Do I have to have a baby shower? Not if you change a baby's diaper very quickly. Our baby was born last week. When will my wife begin to feel and act normal again? When the kids are in college. (laughs) This man was pretending to be a child-rearing expert. He was pretending to be somebody that he was not. The biblical term for this is hypocrite. It came from the Greek theater, and the term referred to a person who wore a mask and judged from under that mask. He, He pretended to be on the outside, something that he was not on the inside. Some people look like Christians on the outside, but they're not truly Christians on the inside. They are hypocrites. It actually happens the other way around also. Some people are truly Christians, but they're not living like a Christian. They're, they're, a, they're a Christian on the inside, but they, they don't act like Christians on the outside. They are hypocrites. They are believers who, as Paul noted, are conformed to the world. Hypocrisy is a very bothersome thing. It is repulsive and it turns people off. But it's it's very easy to fall into hypocrisy. Even when singing in church, we sing sweet hour of prayer and content ourselves with 10 or 15 minutes a day. We sing onward Christian soldiers and we find ourselves waiting to be drafted or retreating. We sing we're marching to Zion, but we fail to march to church or Bible study or prayer meeting. We sing, I love to tell the story, and yet we go months without telling it to anyone. We sing, cast your burden on the Lord, and we worry ourselves into a frenzy. It's easy to fall into hypocrisy. Have you ever heard these statements? Too many Christians I know are phonies. Some non-Christians I know seem to live better lives than a lot of people who go to church. If that's what Christianity is all about, why should I become a Christian? The church is full of people who think they are holier than thou and going to heaven when in reality they're no different and no better than me, and in some cases they're not as good as me. 
These statements are often used to serve as an excuse for rejecting Christ as a worthless Savior or for writing off the church as a worthless institution. How should we respond? Let me give you seven responses. First of all, our faith is in Christ, not in Christians. I want to highlight two very clear passages of Scripture, Acts 16.31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but has eternal life. We're called to place our faith in Jesus. We're not called to place our faith in a teacher or an elder or a pastor or a church member. We're called to place our faith in Jesus. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Texans talk about a person whose dipping didn't take, and a teenager who, who went against their raisin, or a man whose religion is in the, his wife's name. These are all ways of calling a church person a hypocrite. It is true that there is some hypocrisy in the lives of those who came, claim to be Christians. It's also true that there is some hypocrisy in the lives of those who have not trusted in Christ. Every individual has sinned. Every individual is flawed. Every individual is hypocritical at times. Every individual needs God's help to make sure what is seen on the outside is a true reflection of what is on the inside. Even more than that, every individual needs God's help to be right on the inside. Having acknowledged that there is some hypocrisy among those claiming to be Christians, I want to say this. Finding flaws in Christians is not a legitimate reason for rejecting the flawless Christ. We place our faith in Jesus, not in people. Jesus is our Savior. Don't reject Jesus Christ just because of some inconsistency or hypocrisy you think you see in some of his followers. Christianity is based on faith in Jesus Christ. He was a man of transparent integrity, absolute holiness, and impeccable character. As Paul said, he was without sin. He was true through and through. Our faith is in Christ, not Christians. Second, the standard is Christ, not Christians. The Apostle Paul once said, Be imitators of me, even as I am of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. Paul could challenge others to imitate him because he was trying to imitate Christ. Later, while imprisoned in Rome, Paul acknowledged that he was still flawed and that he had to continually press toward becoming like Christ. We see that in Philippians 3.12-14. So, so don't try setting up any individual as the ultimate model or the ideal person to emulate. Every believer, though forgiven of the penalty of sin, still sins. All of us still fail and fall and falter in our walk. No individual Christian is perfect. No individual Christian is the ideal. No individual Christian is the standard. Jesus Christ is the standard. Jesus Christ is the one to whom we are to be conformed. We as Christians should strive with God's help to live lives of integrity and honesty and holiness. We should live lives that can be imitated, but we're not the standard. Jesus is the standard. Third, the accusation of hypocrisy is predictable, but not acceptable. Some people say Christians are all just a bunch of hypocrites. That accusation is predictable, but it's not acceptable. It's a generalization. It's horribly exaggerated. It's blatantly false. It's like saying all football players are dumb. 
Sure, some football players are dumb, but many football players are very smart, and some are even Rhodes Scholars. It's like saying, all lawyers are crooks. Granted, some lawyers are crooks, but many lawyers are very honest, and some even serve sacrificially. So don't go lumping all churchgoers into the same basket. Just because you've run into a bad apple, don't go claiming that the whole basket is full of bad apples. Just because you know someone who you think is a Christian is a hypocrite, don't go saying that all Christians are hypocrites. I've run into some bad cookies, but that doesn't make all cookies bad. I've even had some bad ice cream, but that doesn't make all ice cream bad. I've met some bad Texans, but that doesn't make all Texans bad. You see, it's not only a generalization to say Christians are all just a bunch of hypocrites. It's also a false accusation to say all Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. There are many good and godly people in the church today. Sure, like everyone, they're still flawed, but their lives, taken as a whole, are really genuinely good. There are many gracious and giving Christians in the church. There are many compassionate and caring believers in the church. There are many sweet and sincere believers in the church. In fact, most Christians I know are good and godly. Most Christians I know are caring and compassionate people. Most of the best people I know are Christians. And by the way, Christianity has radically impacted our country and our world for good. Consider what Paul and Silas and Timothy said about the reputation and impact of the Christians in Thessalonica. They wrote in the first chapter of 1 Thessalonians that they remembered their work of faith, their labor of love, their patience of hope. They talked about how they became examples to everyone in Macedonia and Achaia. And they talked about how the word of the Lord had spread from them, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place. And that people knew that they had turned from idols to serve the living and true God. So the Christians in Thessalonica were radically changed from the inside out, known for their faith and hope and love, that they turned from idols to, the, to God, and that they lived exemplary lives. There was nothing phony about their lives. They were not hypocrites. Fourth, look at where people come from, not just where they are. Don't fail to allow for change and progress. Don't assume you know where people have been and what they've been through and what they've done and how they failed and where they're going. If you heard a five-foot man who weighed 250 pounds talking about a healthy diet, you'd probably think he's a big, fat hypocrite. You would think that, you would think that because you're looking at where he is, and he's a terribly overweight individual. But if you were to discover that just six months ago he weighed 350 pounds, you would probably think, wow, he's doing very good. Remember, we very often, we don't know where people have come from and what they've been through. Maybe a Christian you see struggling with some sinful habit has already overcome many other sinful habits. Maybe a person who gets explosively angry once every month used to get explosively angry once every day. We need to look at where people have been, not just where they are. They may be making marvelous progress in their spiritual growth, and we don't realize how far they've come or how fast they're progressing. 
This truth is highlighted in Ephesians 2, where Paul talks about the changed lives of the Ephesian believers. He talks about their past, that they were they were spiritually dead in their sins, walking like unbelievers, living in lust, children of wrath. And then he says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, made them alive through their faith in Christ, and now they're able to live godly lives. You may see some flaw in a Christian that is sinful. You may think of him as a hypocrite. But if you really knew that Christian well, you might also see that there are many areas of sin that he has overcome and many victories that he has won in seeking to follow Christ. It is also possible that this Christian, who you think is a hypocrite, is actually painfully aware of this flaw in his character or this sin in his conduct, and he's been confessing that sin and seeking to overcome that sin, and he is seeking God's help to live in a more Christ-like way. The fifth response to those who claim Christians are hypocrites, consider the truth, not just assumptions. I want to share three wrong assumptions. Please don't let assumptions override actualities. Wrong assumption number one, profession means possession. It is one thing to profess Christ. It's another to possess Christ. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's in Matthew 7. The Pharisees claimed to be righteous, but they were not righteous in God's eyes. They were religious, but they were not righteous. They did religious works, but as we noted earlier in in, uh, another episode of Wisdom from Above, Doing good works does not save us. No one can be good enough. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's not of works. Consequently, the person you may be calling a hypocrite may not even be a Christian. They may have never come to the point in their life where they acknowledge their sin and place their faith in Jesus as their own personal Savior. They might have a religion, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Profession does not mean possession. Wrong assumption number two. Christians claim to be perfect. Well, the Bible actually says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's 1 John 1. If you want to be intellectually honest, you must admit that Christians do not claim to be perfect. Christians claim to be sinners who need a Savior, and Christians recognize their need of the Savior. They, they, they claim to be sinners saved by grace. Christians don't claim to be perfect. They just claim to be forgiven. Wrong assumption number three. All sin is hypocrisy. Sin is a universal problem. Everyone on earth sins. But don't miss this truth. A person can sin without being a hypocrite. In order to be called hypocrisy, sin must be uh, purposely veiled. In order to be a hypocrite, one must be pretending or claiming to be one thing while actually being another. To be a hypocrite is to put on a show that depicts you as one thing on the outside, when indeed you are another thing on the inside. All hypocrisy is sin, but not all sin is hypocrisy. If you're unholy, and you're, but you're trying to make people think you're holy, that is sinful and hypocritical. If you're unholy and you let the world see that you're unholy, that's sinful, but it's not hypocritical. 
Or, for example, if you're selfish and you try to make it look like you're kind and thoughtful and generous, that's not only sinful, it's hypocritical. But if you're selfish and you let the world see that you're selfish, that is sinful, but it's not hypocritical. You see, all hypocrisy is sin, but not all sin is hypocrisy. Six, remember that Christ also hated hypocrisy. Don't forget the heart of Christ. Jesus wanted people to respond internally, not just externally. God looks on the heart. The Bible records Jesus giving a scathing rebuke of the hypocrisy of the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 23. And Jesus calls them hypocrites seven times in that chapter. In the third verse, Jesus says, hypocrites say one thing and do another. Godly believers strive to make sure their walk matches their talk. The Bible challenges us to walk worthy of our calling, Ephesians 4.1. In verse 5, Jesus says, hypocrites do things to be seen by men. Well, godly believers do things to be pleasing to God. The Bible challenges us not to be men pleasers, but instead do everything we do as unto the Lord and not unto men. Colossians 3, 23. In verse 13, Jesus says, hypocrisy turns people off. But godliness draws people in. The Bible challenges us to walk in wisdom before those who are outside the faith. And make sure our words are gracious, seasoned with salt, Colossians 4, 5, and 6. In verse 15, Jesus says, hypocrites train others to be like themselves. Thus, hypocrisy breeds more hypocrisy. But godly believers train others to be like Christ. Thus, Christ-likeness breeds more Christ-likeness. Paul says, be imitators of me, even as I imitate Christ. In verses 25 to 27, Jesus says, hypocrites focus on external rituals. But godly believers focus on inner realities. The Bible challenges us to cultivate that inner godliness by manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22-24. It is interesting that those folks Jesus was referring to as hypocrites were unrighteous, people claiming to be righteous people. They were fleshly unbelievers claiming to be spiritual believers. Seventh, if you detest hypocrisy, don't be a hypocrite. If hypocrisy truly bothers you, then don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a phony. Accusing Christians of being flawed and acting as though you're not flawed is hypocrisy. Acting one way on the outside when you're another on the inside is hypocrisy. Mocking those who place their faith in God when you're placing your faith in some theory is hypocrisy. Pretending that you don't need Christ is hypocrisy. Pretending you're good enough without God is hypocrisy. You may fool yourself, you may fool others, but you cannot fool God. If you truly detest hypocrisy, you're agreeing with Jesus because he hated hypocrisy. Jesus' reference to hypocrites in Matthew 23 was a reference to unbelievers who were claiming to be righteous. Those scribes and Pharisees were unsaved and claiming to be religious and spiritual. They were all cleaned up on the outside, but they were unclean on the inside. Jesus called them whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. 
They followed the external rituals of religion, but they did not have the internal realities of divine life. Jesus said these hypocrites would not escape the sentence of hell. Whoa, think about that for a moment. If you hate hypocrisy, why would you want to spend eternity where the hypocrites will be? Refusal to acknowledge your sin and refusal to admit your need for Christ is hypocrisy. And those who refuse to acknowledge sin and refuse to trust in Christ will not go to heaven. They will go to the same place as those unbelieving hypocrites go, and they will be there eternally. I want to wrap up our Wisdom from Above episode with uh, three questions. I want to ask you three questions. Number one, are you pretending to be okay on your own, or have you acknowledged your sin and your need of a Savior? The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Number two, are you characterized by transparent integrity? It is what we see what you are. I love the old phrase that computer people use, wig. What you see is what you get. I want to be that way. Here's a challenge for those of you who are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may demonstrate in your life what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12.2 And number three, are you willing to let God make any changes in your life that are keeping you from being a man or woman of transparent integrity? I sometimes like to use the words of Eddie Espinosa's song, Change My Heart, O God. It talks about God being the potter and and I'm the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Change my heart, O God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O God. May I be like you. Thank you for joining me in this passionate quest for wisdom from above. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and give it five stars and share it with your family and friends. Hopefully, we will catch each other again next week when we tackle the question, Isn't Christianity just a psychological crutch? This is Harlan Betts, wishing you a great day and God's blessing. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share with your friends and family. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other platforms. Additional apps can be added upon request. If you'd like to contact me, send an email to harlanbetts at icloud.com. That is H-A-R-L-A-N-B-E-T-Z at icloud.com. Or visit my Facebook page, Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. Thank you so much for your support.